0: Good morning, church family. I cannot believe it is the first Sunday in June already. Where has the first half of 2020 gone? It's almost like we've been at home, stuck at home for the last 15 weeks. Oh, we have. And we've got a lot of catching up to do, don't we? And I can't think of a better way than by opening God's Word together this morning, shall we? Our text this morning is Ephesians chapter 5. And we're in verses 22 through 33. And if you remember from last week, we learned that as Christians, we are to be careful to walk wisely, filling ourselves not with wine, but instead with the Holy Spirit. And that as Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit, we then will display certain characteristics, such as addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, giving thanks always to God no matter the situation, and submitting to each other out of our reverence to Christ. And that last distinctive, that last characteristic of the Spirit-filled Christian, that we will submit to each other out of our reverence for Christ. That will be exemplified today within the text, particularly through the lens of the marriage covenant. Now, believe it or not, I realize that not everyone here is married, but it is still vital to listen and hear the word of God this morning, no matter where you are at in your life. Because God, He created marriage, God, He defined marriage, and God does not lie. And he has given us this text for the good of his people and for his glory. So whether you are married, whether you are single and one day would like to be married, whether you are single and have absolutely no intentions of ever ever getting married, this text is critical because quite frankly, brother Christian, sister Christian, marriage is under attack in America right now. And we see this fallout everywhere. Most recent statistics show about 40% of all marriages end in divorce in the United States. Same-sex marriage is on the rise in the United States. Approval of same-sex marriage is on the rise in the United States. Millennials, they are rejecting marriage like no other generation before, claiming it to be an outdated institution. And yet, as Christians, it is impossible to defend biblical marriage, live out biblical marriage, or encourage someone biblically in marriage if we have no idea what a biblical marriage is to look like or what it is to display. Which brings us to our thesis statement this morning, or the main theme of our sermon this morning, which is this. Our thesis statement this morning is Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands, because your marriage covenant is to display the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, and in doing so, glorify God. Again, our thesis statement, husbands, love your wives, wives, respect your husbands, because your marriage covenant is to display the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, and in doing so, glorify God. Our text this morning is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Let me highly recommend you open your Bibles this morning and follow along in the text. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. The Apostle Paul writes, "'Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord.' However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the grass withers and the flower fades, but your word remains eternal. Father, it is not outdated, it is not irrelevant, it is for our good and for your glory. Father, I pray that as a congregation, you give us eyes to see your word this morning, ears to hear your word this morning, and a heart to receive it. Father, I pray for my tongue this morning. Lord, I pray that I be graceful, that I be gentle, but yet bold and truthful in the convictions that you have laid forth. This word is for the good of your people and for your glory, and it should not be ignored. Help us as a flock this morning to receive it to live it out, and to glorify you through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first of two points this morning is this. Point number one, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Point number one, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verses 22 through 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Paul starts in verse 22, with wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And as I mentioned last week, the term submit in the Greek here means to arrange under, and, I know, and again, I know that the word submit can be hard for us to accept at times because we hear the word submit and we instantly think inferior. We think weak. We think second tier. We think lesser. And then we begin to read our Western understanding of the word into the text and instantly we think husbands superior and wives inferior. And that could not be further from the truth. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, it says that God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Thus, husbands and wives, males and females, are both made in the image of God. They are both made in the Imago Dei. Therefore, they both possess, husbands and wives, the same value in the eyes of their Creator. Neither is superior, neither is inferior, and that point is vital in understanding the text this morning. Also vital in understanding the text this morning is to remember the greater context, As I mentioned in the introduction, spirit-filled Christians, verse 21, submit to one another out of their reverence for Christ. Therefore, just as the spirit-filled Christian is called to submit to others within the church body out of their reverence for Christ, so too, then, is the spirit-filled wife called to submit to her husband, verse 22, as to the Lord, or as a manifestation of her, Lord, of, of her love and devotion to the Lord. But this is the question... In fact, this is always the question that we get from a text like this. What exactly does it mean, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord? Or what does that look like? Because this phrase, it has been misused, it's been misapplied, it's been mistreated, it's been mishandled throughout the ages, and it has done a lot of damage to wives and to marriages alike. So in order to illustrate as clear a picture as possible in terms of what Paul has in mind here, first I want to share what Paul does not have in mind here, and then I will share what Paul actually has in mind here. So what Paul doesn't have in mind here, does not have in mind here when he says, "Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, he doesn't mean, wives, you are now your husband's slaves. If he's hungry and wants a sandwich and says, submit and go get me one, you do not have to do it because it doesn't mean that. Paul doesn't mean, wives, you now have to follow your husbands into sin. If he's watching something sexually immoral or impure and says, submit and watch them to me, you don't have to because it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean, wives, that you have to endure abuse. If he's abusing you physically or sexually or emotionally or economically or verbally and says, submit, it's your fault and you need to endure it, you don't have to because it doesn't mean that. Church, sinful men throughout history have perverted and used this text as justification to treat their wives poorly and unfairly and abusively and destructively, and that in in no way is what Paul means here. That is without a shadow of a doubt not what Paul stood for, it is not what Faith Bible Fellowship Church stands for, and it is not what is communicated or affirmed here in God's most holy word. With that being said, what does it mean then, wives, are to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord, or what does it look like for wives to arrange themselves under their husbands? Well, as we learned last week in Philippians, if you want to arrange yourself under someone else, count others as more significant than yourselves. But Paul goes on in Philippians and he says, have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though in the form of God did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Similarly, pastor and marriage counselor Tim Savage put it like this. He said, Jesus Christ viewed his position of equality with God as a reason to submit himself to the cross. And by doing so, he put the interest of his children ahead of his own. He regarded and gave priority to their needs as more important than his own. Now, does this kind of sacrifice offend our, our enlightened minds or our egalitarian sensibilities? Of course not. It's the gospel. It's the ground of our salvation. It's the radical way of Jesus Christ. Savage goes on, and now it is also the radical waves of wa- way of wives capable of putting themselves under their husbands in order to build up and exalt their husbands, and in doing so, like Christ they themselves will be exalted. Thus, because the wife is a child of the Most High God, devoted to loving the Lord, and walking in the ways of the Lord, and being obedient to the Lord, submission to her husband is ultimately an act of her service to the Lord. Or verse 22, as to the Lord. Or Colossians 3.18, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. But please realize this. As Christians, when we take steps to submit to the Lord, to walk in the ways of the Lord, when we devote ourselves to the Lord, these aren't just passive steps, but they are also proactive steps. Thus, Savage concludes, in the same way, wives, your submission to your husband should not be viewed as a picture of just passive, if you will, and we will get to that in verses 23 and 24, but also as proactive, proactive in that you want to help your husband grow into the man God has called him to be. Thus, wives, do you proactively encourage him in the evening to get into the word of God? Do you proactively convict him with your godly lifestyle? Do you proactively speak to him in a way that builds trust and does not harm him? Do you proactively embolden him to walk differently than other men at work? Do you proactively praise him then when he does walk wisely and godly? Wives, submission here is not an act of stripping you of your intelligence or your ingenuity or your zeal or your god given abilities. Trust me, we as your husbands, we need them from you. God made man. He put man in the garden and he told him to work and to keep it. And then in Genesis 2, he said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Submission here, as Eric Raymond said, it is not about losing honor. Wives, it is about giving honor. It is not about losing your intelligence or your ingenuity or your zeal or your God-given abilities, but it is using them in a way to honor and build up your husband as you serve the Lord. And why are wives called to do this? Verses 23 and 24. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Paul makes an analogy here that just as Christ is the head of the church and is the one who saved the church and the church recognizes as the head, so to our wives' call to respect and submit to the God-given authority your husbands have been entrusted with within the marriage covenant as the spiritual head, or as the leader of the marriage. Now, I want to refute this next point because I've seen it making its rounds within evangelical circles. And it goes something like this. Since verse 21 says Christians need to submit to each other out of their reverence for Christ, then the Bible must teach what theologians call mutual submission within the marriage covenant meaning the wife is not called to follow or submit to her husband's lead because the husband isn't the leader. In fact, neither is called to lead because the Bible doesn't designate anyone as a leader. And church, that is simply not true. Because if that were the case, Paul would call call husbands to submit to their wives. Instead, in verse 23, he makes clear that husbands are given the spiritual headship. They are given the leadership role within the marriage. Now again, that does not mean that wives are to be slaves to their husbands. It doesn't mean that they have no say in the decision-making process or that they have to follow their husbands into sin or into abuse. But what it means is although that husbands and wives have the same value, both created in the image of God, they are both children of God, they have also been called to different roles or different functions within the marriage. And the husband's function, the husband's role is to be the spiritual head or the leader of the home. Not in a bullheaded, me-first, chauvinistic way, but in a way that leads with his wife and his family's best interest in mind. And the wife's role, their function, is to work with their husband, proactively build him up, and then respect and submit to his decisions as the spiritual head or as the leader of the marriage, even when she doesn't agree with him. Even when his decision-making process isn't perfect, wives are called to respect and submit and follow their husband's lead as long as they are not leading them or the family into sin. And as one commentator puts it, and just as the church benefits greatly from submitting to Christ in all that they do, so too should the wife benefit greatly by submitting to her husband, verse 24, in everything. However, as we know, church... That is not always the case. We know husbands are fallen and sinful and routinely fall well short of loving their brides as Christ loved the church. So, in these cases, wives, what do you do? The 19th century evangelist, missionary, preacher, and philanthropist George Mueller once told the story about a wealthy German whose wife was a devout believer. This man was a heavy drinker spending late nights at the tavern, but his wife would send all the servants to bed. She would stay up till he returned, receive him kindly, and never scold him or complain. At times she would even undress him and put him to bed. One night in the tavern, he said to his friends, I bet if we go to my house, my wife will be sitting up waiting for us. I bet she'll come to the door, give us a royal welcome, and then even make supper for us if I ask. They were skeptical at first, but decided to go along and see. Sure enough, she came to the door, received them courteously, and willingly agreed to make supper for them without the slightest trace of resentment. After serving them, she went off to bed. As soon as she had left, one of the the men began to condemn the husband. What kind of man are you to treat such a good woman so miserably? The accuser got up without finishing his supper and left the house. Another did the same and another till they had all departed without eating the meal. Within a half hour, the husband became so deeply convicted of his wickedness and especially of his heartless treatment of his wife. He went to his wife's room, asked her to pray for him, repented of his sins and surrendered to Christ. From that time on, he became a devoted disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, one without a word. Wives, you have the opportunity to display to your husband and to the world the love the church has for their Savior, the love that you have for your Savior. Do not waste or take lightly this opportunity, but in everything you do for your husband, do it as to the Lord. Wives, your husbands, they aren't perfect their leadership, it isn't perfect. I know this, you know this, everyone here knows this. But because of that, because of that, it will be even more obvious to the dark and depraved world around us that they are filled, that you are filled with the Spirit by the radical way you submit to your husband's leadership of a, as an act of your obedience to Christ. Wives, don't take the bait of the world that says if you submit to your husbands, you are inferior. Don't take the bait of the world that says if you submit to your husbands that you aren't a real woman. Don't clothe yourself in the foolish ways of the world. Instead, as Peter says in 1 Peter 3, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And then verse 5, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That is God's wonderful and perfect and fruitful plan for you, to help you grow as a child of the Most High God and bring glory to His name. God does not give bad gifts, and He does not offer bad instructions. He gives for the good of His people and for His glory. So the question is, do you trust in Him or do you trust in the ways of the world? Thus, Christian wife, lovingly and willingly and joyfully submit to your husbands as to the Lord, and through your submission, display a picture of the redeemed, the cleansed, and the devoted bride of Jesus Christ, the church, and in doing so, bring glory to your Savior's name. Which brings us to point number two. Husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Verses 25 through 30. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body." Now being that we just read, wives are to submit to their husbands, our Western or our modern minds might think it would be natural for Paul to say, then husbands, control your wives, or boss your wives around, or reign over your wives. But it doesn't say that. Instead, it says in verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now husbands, this is no small task. Because to love like Christ, if we remember, it is not to love simply because someone is attractive or worthy of love. To love like Christ is not to love someone only if they show us love back. To love like Christ is to love unconditionally self-sacrificially, without strings attached, and without expecting anything in return. Therefore, husbands, notice the commitment, notice the dedication, the faithfulness of Christ to his bride here in verse 25 through 27. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Make no mistake, husbands, this text, it is describing the atoning work of Jesus Christ, the work only Jesus Christ could do for his bride, the church. As we cannot cleanse our wives of sin, we cannot redeem our wives by our blood, we cannot clothe our wives in righteousness, those are works that Christ and Christ alone can do. But... We as husbands, we can certainly follow the pattern of unconditional love that Jesus Christ displayed for his bride, the church. By reshaping, reconstructing, and redesigning our lives so we can faithfully lead and minister and contribute to the sanctification and the spiritual growth of our wives. And you may be sitting there this morning thinking, reshaping? reconstructing redesigning my life for my wife i mean that seems like a lot I don't see other guys missing any other weekly wing nights or turning off their video games in the evening or putting down their golf clubs or hobbies for the spiritual health and growth and maturity of their wives. And yes, that is the point. You must be different, brother Christian. As a child of the Most High God, you are called to lead and to be the head of your wife, displaying the pattern of Christ in the way that you love her and sanctify her and help her grow in the Lord and you have the audacity to think you can put your fishing trip or your golf outings or your wing nights ahead of her spiritual needs, that is not the pattern of Christ. That is not the pattern of the God who died for your sins, who cleansed you of your sins and justified you and sanctified you and will display you in in splendor, eternally glorified. Brothers, is it any wonder why there is so much confusion, so much pain, so much frustration toward the phrase, wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. When we as husbands have failed to love and sacrifice and prioritize our wives as we have been called. When we have failed to give ourselves to them as Christ gave himself to the church. When we have failed to desire to help them grow in Christ-likeness as Christ sanctified our church, uh, the church. Of course our wives are going to have questions about submission when we don't do our part. And brothers, husbands, please don't tune me out. Know this, I am preaching this word to myself right now as much as I am preaching it to you. Please don't turn me out, husbands. I am preaching this word to myself right now as much as I am preaching it to any of you. It was about a year into marriage. My wife and I attended a weekend marriage conference held at our old church. It was enlightening, it was convicting, it was thought-provoking. However, after the conference that evening, my wife asked me, do I submit to you well? Now I was young, I was immature, I just became a Christian, but God in his mercy held my tongue. And I said to her, Liz, can I answer you in the morning? I'd like to think on it. Well, the next day, it just so happened that Liz's dad was in the area, and he stopped by to see me while I was working from home. My wife's father is a wise and humble and godly man, so I asked him what he thought about Liz, his daughter, asking me if she submits to me well, thinking he would give me some advice to help her do a better job submitting to me. And he looked at me lovingly and said, if she needs to ask you that, If she needs to ask you that, then you need to do a better job loving her. You need to evaluate how you are at loving her in an unconditional, self-sacrificial, and Christ-like manner. Because the church, because like the church, she desires to submit to you. But are you loving her in the same way Christ loved his church? J. Vernon McGee said that the church submits to Christ because Christ loved us first. Husbands, do we love our wives first? Or do we love our hobbies first? Do we love our jobs first? Do we love our friends first? Do we love our personal time first? If you want convicting this morning, Kent Hughes asked this question. Listen to this, husbands. Is your wife more like Christ because she's married to you? Or is she like Christ in spite of you? Is your wife more like Christ because she's married to you, or is she like Christ in spite of you? It is a worthy question to dwell on today, husbands. It is a worthy question to dwell on every day, husbands. But it's not just the spiritual well-being of our wives we are called to care for, husbands. It's physically, it's emotionally, it's intellectually, it's financially, it's socially. Verses 28 through 30. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. In verse 25, Paul said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, But Paul further clarifies that point here in verse 28, with husbands, love your wives as your own bodies. Now think of it this way, and follow Paul's logic here. Since we as Christians are part of the body of Christ, verse 30, and since Christ cares for us, His children, as members of His own body then we as husbands who have been called to follow the pattern of Christ, to love like Christ, to give ourselves up like Christ, then we must see our brides as members of our own bodies as well. And this concept, it is not just here, but it is throughout Scripture. Genesis 2.24, which we'll see quoted in verse 31, says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Jesus Christ in Matthew expanded on this idea when he said, so they are no longer two, Two but one flesh, what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So within the marriage covenant, two becomes one, and if that is the case, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies by verse 29, nourishing and cherishing them. I mean, how foolish would it be for a husband to work out and strengthen his right arm, but then inject drugs into his left arm and think, well, this won't hurt my own body. Or how foolish would it be for a husband to get glasses and see perfectly in his right eye and continually hit himself in his left eye and think, well, this won't hurt my whole body. Thus, in the same way, to hurt your bride is to hurt yourself. To not care for your bride is to not care for yourself. Husbands, we must see our wives as part of ourselves. And our wives, they have physical needs. Husbands, care for them. Take the kids to the park on Saturday afternoon and let your wives get some rest. Our wives, they have emotions needs care for them cherish her compliment her admire her appreciate all the work she does and build her up our wives they have intellectual needs care for them talk to her discuss her interests with her and listen to her in the same way husbands look after her and invest in her and care for her just like they are more important than your own needs it is our call to help our wives flourish spiritually and physically and emotionally That is our responsibility, husbands, to love our wives as Christ loved the church, unconditionally, self-sacrificially, putting her needs above our own, serving and loving her as an outpouring of our love for Christ, and in doing so, displaying the gospel pattern of Christ to the world. Follow the pattern of Christ, husbands, and love your wives, and it will bring glory to God's most holy name. As we conclude this morning, I'd like to begin first by addressing the non-Christian who is here. First off, non-Christian, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It is truly an honor to share God's inerrant word with you. However, you may be sitting there thinking, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Why is this such a big deal to you Christians? Why not just each marriage just figure out what works for them? Or each marriage just love each other how you think is best? Or each marriage just determine their own roles for themselves? Who submits to who and who is the head? Why is that such a big thing for you Christians to get over? And the answer is this, non-Christian. Because the marriage covenant displays to the world the gospel. The marriage covenant displays to the world the gospel, that our Savior Jesus Christ emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. That God eternal came into this world, took on human flesh, and lived in a sinful world amongst sinful people. He was tempted by sin, surrounded by sin, and yet never sinned. Instead, Jesus Christ, he lived the life that we never could live. He kept the law for us. And being that we could not keep the law, Jesus Christ then also paid the price for our redemption, as he willingly gave himself up as a sacrifice for our sins. And he cleansed us of our sins by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to a cross. Non-Christian Jesus Christ, our Savior, was crucified on a cross for the sins of his people. But being that there was no sin in his mouth, and pure and just and righteous was he. Three days later, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death eternally for all who believe. Thus, non-Christian, let today be the day that you repent of your sin, that you turn from your sin and you trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can forgive you of your sin, the only one who paid the price of your sin, the only one who can clothe you in his perfect life, his righteousness, and reconcile you back to God forever. And today will be the day that you experience the love Jesus Christ had for his bride, the church, as he gave himself up for her, sanctified her, cleansed her, and will present her blameless before God the Father, clothed in his righteousness, and you will become part of the church in whom Christ eternally loves. And to the Christian that is here today, brother Christian, sister Christian, husbands, wives, I know this is a lot to take in, but please understand this as you leave here this morning, verses 31 and 32. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. What Paul is getting at here when he quotes from Genesis 2:24 in verse 31 is that when God created marriage all the way back creation. You know what he wanted it to point to? Jesus Christ and the church. Peter O'Brien said Christian marriage reproduces in miniature then the beauty shared between the bridegroom Christ and his bride, the church. And through it all, the mystery of the gospel is unveiled Church, I said in the intro, it is impossible to defend biblical marriage, to live out biblical marriage, or encourage someone biblically in marriage if we don't know what the purpose of marriage is. But Paul makes it clear here, the goal of our marriages above all else is to display the gospel to the world and glorify Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thus, Paul closes the section this way, This is how he wraps the whole thing up. This is what he wants you to remember and leave here with today. Spirit-filled husbands, spirit-filled Christians, spirit-filled wives. Husbands, love your wives as yourself, and wives, respect your husbands. Verse 33, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Husband, love your wives as yourself. Love her sacrificially as Christ loved the church. Love her unconditionally expecting nothing in return. Love her in ways that sanctify her and grow her in the likeness of Christ. Love her in ways that nourish her physical and emotional needs. Love her in ways that cherish her intelligence, her zeal, and her humor. And don't take her for granted, but do everything you can to see her flourish as a child of the Most High God. And let Christ be glorified in how you love your wife and wives. Respect your husbands. Respect and appreciate him and his responsibility that he has on his plate to lead you and your family well. Respect and respond to his attempts to try to communicate with you well. Respect and submit to him, even if you don't agree with all of his decisions. Respect and encourage him as he washes you and the children with the word of God. And respect and build him up to be the man God has called him to be. Spiritually, professionally, as a husband, as a father, and as a son. And let Christ be glorified in how you respect your husbands. Thus it is my prayer that we as a church body understand that we have all been made in the image of God. We all have been made in the Imago day. None of us are superior to one another, but instead we are all one in the body of Christ. Thus everything we do, everything we say, everything we think should be aimed at bringing glory to our Lord's name. He who has loved us and gave himself up for us and sanctified us and cleansed us and will present us in splendor. Therefore, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Respect your husbands as to the Lord, and through your faithfulness display to the world the love the church has for its Savior, Jesus Christ. And husbands, love your wives, nourish your wives, cherish your wives as your own bodies, and through your faithfulness display to the world the love Christ has for the church. Marriage, it is not easy. It is under attack and Satan seeks to destroy it. But as Paul proclaims, I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Thus, seek to proclaim the wonderful gospel through your marriages, brother Christian and sister Christian, and by doing so, bring glory to God who saved you, who made you one with each other, and made you one with himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a good God. Your word is perfect. Your ways are perfect. Your instructions are perfect. And Lord, you have created marriage with the goal in mind of it showcasing the world, Christ and the church. Father, let us be faithful in the calling that you have given us. Father, our aim above all else is Jesus Christ and him crucified for him to be glorified. Thus, in all that we do, Husbands, let our love; let us love our wives well. Wives, let us submit to our husbands and build them up and be proactive in our submission. And Father, through it all, you be glorified through our marriages. And is my prayer for this dear church. This is my prayer for York County. Help us, Lord. Amen.
1: We sing together. O church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold. Whose battle cry is love Reaching out to those in darkness Our call to war To love the captive soul But to rage against the captor And with the sword That makes the wounded whole We will fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. Come see the cross, Where love and mercy meet As the Son of God is stricken Then see his foes Lie crushed beneath his feet For the conqueror has risen And as the stone is rolled away Then Christ emerges from the grave This victory march Continue still today, every eye and heart will see him. So, Spirit, come, put strength in every stride, give strength for every hurdle that we may run. With faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful, as saints of old still line the way, retelling triumphs of His grace. We hear their calls and hunger for the day when with Christ we'll stand in glory.
0: Our benediction this morning comes from 1 Corinthians.